and welcome to episode number 169 of the Lions podcast presented by BetMGM. I am Matt Brown, joined as always by Stephen Andrus. We run down all the big news, all the big bets, all the big happenings in this crazy gambling industry of ours. If you want to follow us on the Twitter machine, it's free. You can go smash the button at MattBrownM2 at Stephen Andrus. One, we are going to hit up the NBA news and notes that are going around right now. And unfortunately, there are a lot of them. We're not going to get a clean playoffs here, unfortunately. Uh, We got the details of one of the big NFL contests, actually two of the big NFL contests that have been released. We're going to talk about a new ridiculous boxing match that got uh, announced as well. Our thoughts on that. Stephen will give a quick thought on the Belmont and we'll wrap things up with a couple of uh, picks here for the Memorial as it comes up. But Steven, let's uh, let's kick things off here with the NBA update. And man, this is just a, a bummer all around because you have three different teams, three different teams that could have, you know, seemed like make some made some real noise here with the way that they were playing and, and the way that things had shaken out. But As we sit when we're recording this here on Wednesday afternoon, Joel Embiid has been announced. He has a small meniscus tear. He is at least going to be out uh, the game later tonight or, you know, depending on when you're listening to this yesterday. But um, Anthony Davis missed the Lakers uh, last game. Of course, they fall now trailing the Suns three to two in that series. And Luka Doncic and the Mavericks were looking really, really good and promising. And then he has been injured as well. It doesn't look like he's going to miss time, but it's certainly not 100%. And man, whenever we take a look at this, Steven, it's just, you know, you got the Sixers. People were saying, hey, the way they were playing, the way Embiid was playing, boy, this team could be reckoned with. Of course, everybody was was saying, oh, full strength Lakers team could definitely cause some noise. Like they could definitely make some trouble for people. And then the way the Mavericks had been playing and and, and specifically Luka just playing out of his friggin' mind. And then he gets hurt as well. Really does put a damper in my eyes anyway on this NBA playoffs. I am just sitting here in Philadelphia on tilt. Uh, today, my friend. I mean, I'm having trouble at this hour trusting the process anymore with Joel Embiid's injury. I'm I'm surfing Twitter, trying to find some optimism uh, for the Sixers in the Eastern Conference to at least get to the the East Finals. And from everything I'm reading from, you know, these these certified athletic trainers that are on Twitter sharing opinions, uh, it seems that the best case scenario for Joel Embiid is that he's going to be playing through some pain and swelling for the rest of the playoffs and previous similar situations with this injury in the past have resulted in players getting surgery in the offseason. So uh, any chance that I thought the Sixers had of competing with the Bucks or the Nets if they reached the Eastern Conference Finals just went out the window in my mind. Um, I had actually being in Pennsylvania, you have the benefit of sometimes betting on some futures and, and the book still giving you the chance to cash out early mm-hmm. on those. Uh, I had bet on the Sixers when they locked in the one seed and avoided the Bucks and the Nets until they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. With this injury, I cashed it out because I'm concerned yeah. about what the Sixers are, even against the Atlanta Hawks in the second round without Joel Embiid or with what sounds like an extremely hobbled Joel Embiid. So on the Western Conference side, you know, it it sucks for Anthony Davis and the Lakers, but I actually think this presents some betting value in Western Conference futures. The books had taken so much money over the season on the Lakers that they had been slow to move the odds for other teams. And even last night at BetMGM, when the Suns were just putting a torching on on the Lakers in game five, I was watching and and BetMGM was the only book that still had the Western Conference odds up live as that game was going on. At tip, they were still at plus 800, and then slowly it just kept going down a little bit more and a little bit more to now where we sit right now at at plus 500, plus 550. Um, And I still think there's a little bit of value in there. They, If they take care of the Lakers, they just need to win one out of the next two games as we sit here recording this today. And then it it looks like they'll get either, it looks like the Nuggets, it could be the Blazers still, but if it is the Nuggets, they're playing a team that they haven't played since January. 
They beat them once, lost the other two games in overtime, but that's when they had Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray is no longer there, and the Suns look pretty damn good if you ask me. So um, if if they get by the Lakers, I think the path is pretty darn clear for them to get to the West Finals, and at plus 550, or, you know, there's still a plus 600 sitting out there on the Suns. Uh, I think you can find some pretty good value in that. Yeah, the odds have shifted greatly, as you'd imagine, as we have moved on here. Nets plus 185 to win the whole thing. The Jazz plus 450 to win it all. Bucks 550, Clippers 650. Sixers are 9 to 1. Lakers all the way up to 10 to 1. Suns 12 to 1. Nuggets 25. Hawks 50. Mavs 50. Blazers 66. Knicks. Wizards. Grizzlies. Yeah, don't bet them. But um, I'll tell you this, um, Stephen, I'm looking here at NBA Finals MVP. And so you see the Lakers sitting at 10 to 1, but LeBron James MVP odds are at 11 to 1. Don't bet the Lake. If you honestly think the Lakers can do this, can pull this off without Anthony Davis, then don't bet them to win at 10 to one. Just bet LeBron James at 11 to one to be the <laughs> finals MVP, because there is zero chance in hell that they are able to pull this off without him having a superhuman performance moving forward. So do not bet 10 to one. Take the extra, take the extra 11 to one and bet LeBron James as your NBA finals MVP. Uh, the other thing that I thought was fairly interesting sitting up here. And I know there's some people who are pretty high on the the Clippers. I am a little bit I'm a little bit more uh, bearish on the Clippers I think than some people are, but you can bet the conference of the winner and the Eastern Conference is only -130 right now and with that you're getting the Nets and the Bucks and for me I look at, at those two teams and I think that those two teams are actually the favorites in my eyes right now, the Nets and the Bucks, And so you get both of those at minus 130. Western Conference is plus 105. I mean, I guess you could make a choice. Uh, you could make a case for the Jazz as well. But uh, for me, I think the Jazz are I think the Jazz are, are perfectly fine. I don't know if in a seven game series against the Bucks or the Nets that they would be able to, to hold up and get it done. But uh, there are some basically where I'm going with this is there are some other interesting ways to go about betting this out there than than just straight up, you know, your your futures tournament winner right now. So just be sure and take a look around the different options that BetMGM has up right now because you might find a way that you can make a little bit more money. Like I'm saying, I mean, don't bet the Lakers, bet LeBron. I mean, you're getting an extra, you know, you're getting an extra uh, payout on that. So just think about stuff from that standpoint as well. That That is, you're the first person I've heard suggest that uh, in betting the conference. And, and it makes a ton of sense. If you are somebody that wants to bet on the Nets to win the title, if you think their big three is just unstoppable, then that is an awesome way to just get a little bit more value than than betting Eastern Conference futures, perhaps. I mean, yeah. and you get two shots with it. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't mind that one bit. I mean, I, I know it's still plus money to win the title, but the, the Bucks have looked awesome. Um, and mm-hmm. I can't disagree with you. Uh, and 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 say that if the Bucks did get to the finals, they could be the favorite in the NBA finals. I mean, with the Lakers now on the ropes, who knows what the odds will be in the NBA finals if the Lakers yeah. aren't in it? It's 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 basically up in the air. I mean, I think we can. I think everybody would agree that the Nets will be the favorite in the finals if they get there, but. If the Bucks get there and it's and they're not facing the Lakers, you could make the argument that they'll wind up being the favorite. So that's a, that's a creative way to bet it. I like that. So uh, finally, you know, and the the Luca injury for the Mavericks, I think that all but eliminates their. I mean, not that they had a real big chance anyway to do a ton of uh, mixing it up in the West, but boy, uh, the way he was playing just completely out of his mind, and then gets hurt, has this neck injury says that it just is not right. You can tell whenever he's out on the court, he looks like he's in pain. And uh, that is all but uh, going to put the nail in the coffin for the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, game one and game two were just a different team, right? I mean, they looked yeah. awesome. They were hitting threes at a clip that really wasn't sustainable. And, and it's come back down to earth here in, in the next couple of games. So, 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for them. I mean, he, he's he's so young. He'll be back. He's going to be the MVP of this league at some point. Definitely. Um, and but I keep I was screaming this. I screamed this from a mountaintop. He's 22. Yes. Like, you know, he's 22 years old. I mean, it's just it's it's insane whenever you think about that and what he has been doing and the production that he has been putting out. So they just got to get him a number two. They thought it was going to be Porzingis. He just is, has no consistency whatsoever. And they, if he can get a, a consistent number two, it could be it could be interesting for years to come. So let me ask you this. That's the four or five matchup in the West. Let's go over to the four or five matchup in the East. It looks like the Hawks are going to take care of the Knicks and move on. And now the Hawks would face a banged up Joel Embiid, who sounds like he's going to be playing through pain at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, most books have shorter prices on the Hawks, but bet MGM has the Hawks 22 to one to win the East. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I believe the Hawks are going to win the East and beat either the Bucks or the Nets if they reach the East finals. But at 22 to one, if they upset the Sixers, is there some value there to hedge out and make a profit? Is that price high enough for you to try and take a shot at that number as opposed to just betting the series price against the Sixers? I mean, I guess the question becomes is do they win, you know, do they beat the Nets or the Bucks one in 20 times? And, you know, maybe, I, I don't, you know, uh, maybe, I don't know. I am so ridiculously sold on this, on this Nets team, especially whenever you see how they're able to just go out and score at will and they 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 can pick and choose who the guy is going to be any given night. One night it's Durant, one night it's Kyrie, one night it's Harden, one night they just kind of all split it up. And I just don't know, you know, when you look at 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 the Hawks, I mean, it is it is it is Trey Young and outside of that, you know, there's just a, a bunch of other guys, right? They're contributors, but there's right. no real star outside of Trey Young. So I don't know. I get where you're coming from for sure. I might just bet them in that series against the uh, against the Sixers. Feel good about it and and understand that the the likelihood of them getting past a, a Nets or a Bucks is probably pretty slim. And even just from the math side of this, I mean, if the Nets are minus two hundred to beat the Bucks in that series, you'd have to imagine they'd be what like minus four hundred to beat the Hawks. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then. You're having to bet four. You're having to bet four hundred dollars to get a hundred, and then how much? If even if you want to play the hedge game on your twenty-two to one Hawks ticket, how much are you, are you really getting back in the end there? And is mm-hmm. it worth that gamble uh, to get by the Sixers? So that that's something that every better ha- just has to do the numbers on their own and figure out if that is worth it to them. Um, you know, I've done it in the past with the with the Miami Heat last year at, at a number, yeah. and they got to the East Finals, and it and it worked out, uh, but. Nobody in the East this year is as strong as as the Nets are this year and what they're doing with their numbers in terms of the series prices. So it's a different situation. Yeah, full disclosure for me, I I have a bunch of Suns futures uh, that I made during th- that I made during the season. Um, so I've got I've got Suns super long odds to win the West. I have them super long odds to win the whole the the whole thing to win the championship and so i am a huge suns fan moving forward with with all of this um but i mean if if we talk about wanting to get in now and and taking a look at getting in now on them i mean hey i don't i like i said i am not as sold on the jazz and clippers as a lot of as a lot of people are and i think this suns team especially if you do have a healthy chris paul which he has looked healthy the last couple of games I think this team is is pretty damn talented and pretty scary and a pretty good matchup for just about any of these other teams. You know how I like to look at these at these conference futures. I like looking at one side of the bracket and who's going to have the easier path. And we didn't think that was the Suns when they had to play the Lakers in the first round. But as we record this, they're one game away from winning that series and now would then have the easier series in the second round to avoid the Clippers and the Jazz. So it's opened up for them if they get by the Lakers here and. And they're still third choice in the Western Conference odds, despite not having to play one of the top two choices until the final leg of that conference futures bet. So that's a path that has always been attractive to me in general. And, and I'm with you on the Suns. I We did a video out on the Lions Twitter account uh, earlier this week before game five when Anthony Davis 
It looked like he wasn't going to play, and sure enough, he didn't. And and we told people you might want to look at the Suns at plus eight hundred. That number's gone now, but if you do the math on series prices, and if you were to theoretically parlay these together, you're still getting a little bit better price right now on the Suns uh, at their Western Conference futures price as opposed to if you were going to play them uh, series by series and roll over the money. Yeah. So just uh, again, guys, always consider. The different bets, the different ways that you can go about it out there and um, and take that into account. Some news came down this past week and one of the big football uh, handicapping contests out there came out with what they are going to be doing this football season. Never too early to get these out there. Never too early to start signing people up. And so Circa has announced their Circa Million 3 contest. They're going to guarantee $4 million in prizes here. It's still $1,000 to enter. It is still a $1 million to first place. But what they did do with that extra million, it was uh, it was $3 million guaranteed last year. What they did with the extra million this year, which I think is a step in the right direction, I still would like to see it paid out a little bit deeper. They're only paying out to, to 50 places. Um, so if you're, you know, top 50 top 50 uh, participants in the contest are going to get paid out. But what they're doing is they're taking that extra million and they're spreading it out between second and 50th place. And I think that is the way to go here. Um, A million dollars. If you enter a thousand dollar contest, you win a million dollars. You are really, really damn happy. And so taking that extra money and making it worthwhile for all these other people who come really, really close uh, has always been my stance. It's always been the way I like these contests. And, you know, look, I came up through the poker boom and one of the biggest mistakes that was made throughout the poker boom was we're making things too um we're, we're making things too top heavy and not putting enough money back into the economy. And I think what they've done here was spreading that extra million across the uh, payout slots from two to 50 is certainly the way to go. They added, you know, they still have the quarter prizes, which they had last year, which is super, super popular. So you don't have to, you can run hot for a quarter and you can still make some money in these contests. And then Stephen, they added a quarter booby prize as well. So if you happen to have the worst record throughout the course of a quarter, then, um, then you can also get paid on this. But uh, listen, it's I don't think it's perfect quite yet. I, I would like to see them pay out a little bit deeper than just 50 spots. But uh, all of the additions here, I think, are certainly a step in the right direction. And uh, kudos to the team over there at Circa. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I champion the taking the extra money and spreading it to the non first place prize winners. Um, you know, that's that's always been my biggest frustration with with daily fantasy sports, with, with the DraftKings and the FanDuel GPP models and uh, having to finish so damn high to to make any real money. And at that point, um, you're just going against all of the the people who are entering hundreds of lineups in every tournament and using computer modeling to make those lineups. And it, it just makes it unfair for the little guy to try and, and have a level playing field to, to cash big in those contests. So uh, in a contest like this, where it's just handicapping, um, and, and you take that extra money and spread it out between all of the places. I think that's a, a really great step. And um, and I, I kudos to Circa for, for taking that route as opposed to just making it extremely top heavy. Yeah, definitely. One, the, only, the only other thing I would do is so any entrance over 4000, what they do is they take the money and then they just distribute it. They just distribute it into the into the quarterly prizes. So, you know, if they don't want to pay out further than 50 um, from the get go, my only suggestion then from that point would just be, you know, say like every five entries over the 4000 will we'll pay out 5K to another spot, right? Like to another slot. And, and so, you know, if you get if you get 4,005 entries and they pay out 51 spots, if you get 4,010 entries and they pay out 52 spots, you know, and so just keep adding to the payouts for, for everything that you get over the guarantee. Um, but again, like I said, I like the changes they made a ton, uh, paying out to 75 or a hundred, I think would be a little bit better, but if not, I think taking any money over the guarantee and just paying out some extra slots would be great. But man, this, uh, this contest is really, really good. The, the quarterly prize is really what has me entering this thing as much as I can, because you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to run pure over the, over a whole season, Steven, but you know, you can have a quarter where you can run hot. I was actually in it in the first quarter last year. I, I didn't end up, I didn't end up cashing, but I, I did have a sweat at least for the first, uh, for the first quarter. 
quarter. And, you know, that made my my entry fee worth it. And you're coming back for more, man. You got you got the smell of it, and you're trying you're trying to go back and get some more this year. I love it, and and the best part about this contest, we, you know, we we buried the lead a little bit on the two most important words in this contest: no rake. Anytime you yeah. have that in a contest, that is just fantastic for betters. Um, they're not taking a cut. It's all every dollar entered into this pool is going back to the betters, and that's you don't find that very often these days. Then they also announced the uh, Survivor Contest that they had is back and way bigger than ever. Six million guaranteed. Of course, you know how this works. It is 1,000 to enter and it's a Survivor Contest. So you have to be the last man standing. Last man standing will win $6 million. And of course, if there is, you know, if there's multiple people, they'll split that money up. But uh, six million guaranteed in this one, Stephen. Now, there is a caveat here. Thanksgiving and Christmas are their own weeks. And so you have to keep that in mind when you're playing and you have to keep that strategy in mind when you're playing because you have to have some teams left to be able to use on Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day because you might, if you find yourself and you've used up all those teams, then you're just going to be out of the contest. So again, there is some additional strategy at play here in this contest but again a thousand dollars to enter six million guaranteed in the in the prize pool here and uh they do have the undefeated bonus yet again for going 20 and 0 for the season uh again this also no rake and uh, another contest that i'll be back in again this year what's the uh what's the deepest you've ever survived in a in a nfl survivor pool because this is not my forte i i enter these every year and i struggle and i don't make it very far and i'm I'm curious how if you've had any more success than i have i've gotten fairly deep in these things before but i've never really threatened to uh i've never really threatened to win any of them but uh, with this it's type a of payday skill, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A unique. With this skill, type of payday, tough. I'm going to keep rolling the dice. I can tell you that. Absolutely you know? yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With, with, with this type of payday, I'm certainly going to continue to to roll the dice on this. Uh, maximum of six entries per person in that contest, so you can uh, you can get in six different times if you want to for your shot at the six million dollars. So uh, it is it is something else for sure. And you know, if you have the bankroll, I certainly would recommend entering two two entries but um that just helps you out with your strategy just a little bit more and certainly if you can keep both entries alive the deeper you get into the contest the better you can start to really strategize how to uh how to go about playing it but good job for the guys over at circa looking forward to see what the other people are going to offer this year DraftKings, i know is going to have another uh handicapping contest talk to those guys about it they're also going to have a sports betting world championship uh, so interested to see if BetMGM does something this year. Uh, we know Westgate will come back out with Eric with the Super Contest and what they'll be doing. So uh, imagine we'll be seeing more of these as more states open up, more books get going, and uh, more people start betting. So very interested to see all that. And speaking of our friends over at BetMGM, here is a little message from those guys. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Steven, not going to spend a ton of time on this. Uh, another one of these YouTube guy, the Jake Paul dude is going to box again this time. He's fighting Tyron Woodley. Uh, this is way different than the Ben Askren fight. Ben Askren was one of the worst stand-up guys that has ever fought in MMA in the history of MMA. Tyron Woodley actually has, um, you know, some, some decent hands, actually knocked some guys out whenever he was in the UFC and all that. The problem is Tyron Woodley 
uh, like, you know, again, like some a lot of these guys that are handpicking these opponents on the tail end of his career, lost his last several UFC fights. He's 39 years old as well. So uh, not a spring chicken, not in the peak of his career is going to fight Jake Paul. It is a pro fight. So, you know, th- there will be odds on this thing. There will be people betting on this thing. And, I t- you know, I've talked to several of the bookmakers out there and these fights with these, you know, Internet celebrities actually draw really good handle because they have big followings and people care and they're going to bet. And so, you know, as long as that keeps happening, these things are going to keep getting uh, drummed up. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We actually talked to Johnny Avello earlier this week about the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather. And uh, I remember when the date for that was announced that we had some, some books, including Avello tell us that, you know, we think that the handle on this fight is going to be, you know, right up there with with the McGregor Poirier fight for UFC, and and then I'm it's fight week, and I'm like, well, where are the odds on this? So I reached out to him. I'm like, is it a legal issue? Are you afraid to book it because you'll get two one sided action? And his simple response was, unfortunately, it is a non competitive fight, and we can't put odds out for it. So uh, the Logan Paul Mayweather fight may fall into that category, but this Jake Paul fight uh, will certainly not be the case. This it's a real fight. It's there's going to be odds on it. And, uh, you know, you said, I mean, it the the Logan Paul fight is just a made for TV stunt, right? It's a publicity stunt. But um, this Jake Paul guy, I mean, he's never going to fight for the championship in his weight class, but it's it's a made for TV. But at least it's a real fight, right? He signed a multi fight deal with Showtime. Uh, They're at least getting some some I mean, he's washed up and he hasn't fought in three years, but. You know, at least it's respectable, right? At least he has mm. experience in the ring, and um, and Jake Paul has shown that he is actually a you know a I don't I don't even know what to call him, right? Like, is he a pro boxer? Is he an amateur boxer? Uh, I mean, uh, it, it is what it a, is, right? He's, a, he's he's a pro. I mean, the you know this is going to count, and the you know these fights have, have counted. So I mean, it you know. It's, it's I will say this. I mean, I I personally am not spending whatever the price of the pay-per-view is for this fight. Uh, it's, it's just not my style, but I can certainly understand the business model of it. Right. I mean, if people are going to watch, then put them in the ring and see if it, who's going to win the fight. I, I totally get that. To me, this whole phenomenon is more of a comment on how far boxing has sunk in general in terms of their ability to find stars and promote big fights and have big title matches. I mean, we just recently had a fight where four belts were on the line in the same yeah. fight and and you didn't really hear much about it. I mean, at least not in the states, I would say, at least in my area. I mean, I know Canelo is a um is an international superstar and and maybe that's where they're cashing in, but at least in the United States the UFC has far surpassed boxing and the fact that we're having these fights now with with internet social media influencers tells you all you need to know about the state of boxing in this country. So, Stephen, listen, I know this is uh, some of the luster, I guess you could say, has, has certainly been taken off of the Belmont. Um, one, no triple crown at stake. Two, all the, uh, you know, kind of the black clouds here that are over the sport right now. Fortunately, we didn't tape, we didn't record this until a little bit later today so that we got the the final results and the confirmation that there was a disqualification and it will hold up at the Kentucky Derby and all that. That being said, we still do have the Belmont coming up. I know you have some thoughts on that. So uh, let's give our let's give our listeners here a couple of tips and you can give them maybe some some idea what they're going to be looking at. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, our our horse racing contributor, Dave Bontempo, used a word for this Belmont Stakes that I completely agree with. I think it's a great word. Uh, puzzle. I mean, this race is a puzzle. Um, you're, you have no triple crown on the line. On top of that, all eight horses in the race, none of them raced in all three legs of the triple crown. So it's just a frankly, a mediocre field. Uh, You have the Preakness winner, Rom Bauer, in the field and is not the morning line favorite. Two other horses returning from the Derby that were near the top of the board uh, near post time for the Kentucky Derby will probably be favored over Rom Bauer in Essential Quality, who was the pre-Derby favorite, finished fourth, and Hot Rod Charlie, who was a couple spots behind. He finished third in the Derby. A couple spots behind him in the odds, I should say. 
And it looks like those two will be favored over Rombauer. What I have looked at just out of curiosity in Belmont history is the last 10 times the Belmont was contested with no triple crown on the line. And what I found was that the winner in all 10 of those instances was a not the post time favorite and B did not win one of the two earlier legs of the triple crown. So right now, if you believe that trend will hold up and it is only a trend, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. But uh, I found it interesting, at least that in that in that case, you would eliminate Ron Bauer, who already won the Preakness and is coming back on three weeks rest when all these other derby horses were coming back on five weeks rest. And you would eliminate whoever the post-time favorite is, which right now would be essential quality. So for me, when I'm looking at this Belmont, I mean, you have a a crop of three-year-olds. None of them are really dominant. What usually happens in the past is they'll trade places in in these races. Um, A different horse will, will tend to win each time. So I'm looking at really just the five horses at the top because the other three are just, you know, tosses for me. Bourbonic, I'm tossing. Uh, Francisco de Ina from Japan is a complete toss, uh, and then overtook the eight horse. You can toss him as well. So that leaves the five other horses. And I'm just going to look and see who has the best odds of the other five and, and take a price because those other 10 horses that have won in the past 10 Belmonts when a triple crown wasn't on the line, you know, a couple of them were like three or four to one, but a lot of them were double digit odds when they won the Belmont. And this is a mile and a half race, no horse has ever run a mile and a half that's ever run in the Belmont Stakes. So it's the first time running this distance. And the Belmont is a deep track. Belmont Park is a deep track. So it's really anybody's guess to know how these horses are going to handle that type of track. It's a grueling race for these horses. So um, my best advice in a year where it's to- it's totally up in the air of those five horses, just take the best price and, and hope for the best. Um, if you want deeper picks, exotics, uh, you can go to the lines.com and check out Dave Bontempo's article, and he has some ideas for you on on how to play a Superfecta in this race. And, and if you want to play uh, one of the other um, horses that are a little deeper down the board as well. As for you, just um, as far as action you would typically have, what do you, you know, what percentile for this race as compared to? You know, not only the previous two races of this season, but even in, even Belmont's years past. Sure. Yeah, I'm I will tell you that, you know, let's just say I, I typically wager about one hundred dollars on the Kentucky Derby um, and usually about the same for the Preakness in a race like this. Uh, I'll probably only do about half of that. You know, I'll, I'll do like mm-hmm. fifty dollars on the Belmont stakes and and try and take a price. Um and, and, and hope for the best. Um, now, in Belmonts, where a Triple Crown is on the line, that I'm wagering a little bit more. I feel stronger about the favorite. Um, I hit the trifecta when American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown. I hit the trifecta when Authentic hit, uh, won the Triple Crown. Uh, it's a little easier to handicap when you have a really good horse in the mix. And usually that means all the other horses are afraid to race them, so it makes the field even weaker. So uh, in this case, you have a pretty... Overall, I think this crop is mediocre compared to to past years, but you have some of the Derby favorites coming back to run in this race, Um, and you have the Preakness winner as well. So that's going to lead to not really much consensus at the top of the odds board and allow you to kind of just, you know, hope for the best and take your shot. So. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my strategy for this Belmont. I'll I'll probably wager 50 bucks and and see if I can find one of these top five horses and hope to get 10 to one or, or maybe a little bit longer on, on one of them. All right. So let's close things out here talking about the Memorial this week. Um, another, we got another one, Stephen. another outright, uh, was able to cash in on co-crack this week. Uh, one of the easier sweats for me because I had Jordan and I had Kokrak. So I didn't Atta really, and, and, and they were so clear of the field that I didn't really have to worry about their poor play, which was by the way, very poor on Sunday, but it didn't even, uh, it didn't matter. So that was a uh, good times, fun times, uh, Kokrak super long odds and, uh, was able to get another outright home. So we will try again this week at Memorial. One of the interesting things here, I guess though, heading into this one is that 
you know, we do like to look at at, at, at uh, course history. We do like to see how people perform before. We do like to look at statistics from the course in the past in the past. And it's just not the case here. I mean, oh, uh, start at the top. Nine point three million purse. One point six seven to the winner. It's in uh, Dublin, Ohio. Of course, it's Jack's Place, Muirfield Village. It's about a little over 7,500 yards, par 72. Uh, 14 of the top 20 players in the world are going to be in this thing. Uh, it is an invitational, so there's only 120 runners and top 65 and ties make the cut. So whenever you look at those odds of to make the cut or even a top you know, 30 or top 40 pick or something like that, you're going to look and the odds aren't going to be quite as, what they, uh, quite as long as what they usually are for these other tournaments because there's going to be about 35 fewer golfers teeing it up. So just keep that in mind as you look at these odds and we move forward with everything. But real... The, the real story here, Stephen, is the fact that this course is going to look completely different and that this course has been remodeled. If you look, uh, this is per the press release. Most holes have had the green complexes 100% recontoured, rebuilt with significant bunker modifications. Only the greens on 12, 13, 14, and 17 resemble the old greens. And so 14 different greens on this course are going to be completely new to this field. On holes 1, 15, and 17, the fairway bunker complexes were strategically repositioned. Hole number 15 was rebuilt entirely from tee to green with a new with new fairway bunkers and extensive grade changes uh, and landing zones. So I, I am going to weigh a little bit of what we know of this course, Stephen, but I will, I will caution people here that we don't really know a ton now at this point because we're talking about several different greens that have been completely changed one hole completely rebuilt tee to green they've changed up the bunkers they added trees out here as well so the sight lines are going to be different you aren't going to be able to just bomb it and you because you can find yourself in a bunch of trouble so i'm being a little bit more cautious this week with who's played well here in the past I, I can't blame you for that. That's for sure. I mean, this it's it's not your typical horse for the course situation, um, to use one of my favorite golf phrases. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking at I'm sticking the fundamentals this week. I'm sticking with strokes gained on approach. I'm sticking with you know off the tee and and around the green. Um, and I'm I'm looking at you know strokes gained on par fives. Um, with with some of the unknowns we see there, I, I want to know who's scoring best on these par fives. Uh, in general on the tour to try and capitalize on some of the other mistakes that might come up. But, um, you know, one thing I will say is that with these greens being totally redone, um, there is one guy who struggled putting on these greens in the past, but has done really well in gaining strokes on the field um, in other areas. And that's Xander Shoffley. Um, He's come close Mm -hmm. to winning this a few times. Uh, and with the greens being redone, it, it might help him now a little bit to have everybody on the same playing field. So that's one guy I'm looking at. And I'm, I'm curious uh, if there's any guys near the top of the board you're looking at this week or if you're looking a little bit further down. So, yeah, let's run down the odds here over at our uh, BetMGM. And uh, John Rahm is your favorite at 11 to 1. And then it goes to Shambo, Spieth, and JT, Rory, all coming in at 16 to 1. Morikawa, 18. Hovland, 18. Xander, 20. Matsuyama, Cantlay, 22. F- uh, Finau, 25. And then Connors at 30. Um, Stephen, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I don't know what John Rahm has done to find himself as the overwhelming favorite in this field. I mean, when you look at who has really been uh, tearing it up as far as golf goes, I mean, none of these guys really at the top have shown any sort of consistency whatsoever outside of Jordan Spieth recently. So you look at Rahm, he hadn't he hadn't won this year. He hadn't really he hadn't really competed to win. Like you're going to look at a lot of his finishing uh, positions. And if you weren't watching the tournament, you're just like, what what are you talking about? He was T5 here and he was T6 here. And and that was just due to like huge Sunday rounds where he climbed up the leaderboard. And and that's how he crept into these top tens. But I mean, he really wasn't competing. He hadn't competed in a long time and no consistency out of Bryson. JT is really struggling right now with the putter. I know that is something that we don't weigh a ton because you can just kind of get hot with the putter one week and everything's fine. But um, JT really struggling with the putter. Rory looked kind of back at at, at kind of at odds with himself this past week. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I look at I look at these guys at the top and I'm not real sure I'm going to play any of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think 
it sets up nicely to play some some bigger prices. I mean, um, you know, John Rahm, 72 to open the PGA, 75 the next day. Um, you go back to the Wells Fargo, it opens with a 76 in round one, makes and misses the cut. The Masters, he had three straight rounds of 72. Uh, and then surged with a 66 on Sunday to get T5s. That's exactly what you're talking about to, to get back in the mix there. So, um, you know, John Rahm has not shot 67 uh, or or less since October in the first yeah. round. Um, that had to go all the way back to October to find a 67 uh, Which keeps in, him from really round. contending, right? Because like everybody else is like getting themselves in position here and, and he's always playing from behind. And that's why, again, I just don't know, like, you know, I don't see any reason for him to be at 11 and all of these other guys who, again, have just kind of been up and down as well, find themselves, you know, as, as 16, 18, 20, something like that. I, it's just, it's hard for me to get there. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too harsh on, on Rom. I under, I mean, he's definitely one of the best players in the world i'm not saying that that's not the case but it just to me seems like that odds is is those odds are just a little bit out of whack yeah and and for me he's he's always near the top of the stat model it seems no matter no matter what i plug in and this week um it's it's the approach game that has him outside the other contenders near the top of the model i mean he he's 38th uh in this field and strokes gained on approach and all the other guys near the top of the model are are top ten. Uh, a couple guys who are top twenty, but he's he's losing strokes to the other contenders in that area. Uh, he's miserable around the green in his past twenty four rounds, uh, and in his par four scoring uh, on holes from four fifty to five hundred is is outside the top seventy. So, um, I mean, he's gaining strokes on the field off the tee and on par fives. I mean, he's, he's a bomber. He hits it a, a long way. So that helps him. Um, but he's, his game is, is not in, it's not well, not well-rounded right now. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I I love that they keep putting them at the top of the board at, at short odds. Um, and I'm going to keep taking the value on other guys down the board. Yeah. So where are you kind of starting your your betting card this week? Mentioned Xander Shoffley. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take him. I found a 22 to one on him. Um, he's 20 to one at BetMGM, I believe. Um, and the other guy near the top of the board, I, I can't quit him, man. I mean, we talked about it at the PGA championship, but you know, I'm taking Victor Hovland again. So, uh, dude, what? Like, I, mean, I can't it's quit. Like he's he's got to win at some point. I mean, like, it's just Jesus. It's like, he's, I know, I know. He's, eight, I, <laughs> he's 18 to one at bet MGM. I found a 20 to one. I like him at 20 to one. Um, he just, he's just been, He's been close, right? He's been so close. Yeah. He's been top three a couple of times. Um, I think he got a little bit too aggressive at the PGA Championship that did him in after a pretty solid start. Uh, but this course fits him pretty well. Um, and then going deeper, it's, it's a name that that you and I and, and Brett Colson, when we've talked majors weeks about, uh, Joaquin Neiman fits here pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a, a 40 to one on him still out there at a lot of spots. Uh, I actually found a 45 to one still out there on Neiman. Um, so he's he's played well here at this tournament. Um, he's, he's a good fit. His game is in good form. So at, at 40 to one, considering how vulnerable some of the other players are in this field, uh, that's another guy kind of in the middle of the board that I'm looking at. So. Here's the here's the uh, here's the problem. So, all right, Vic Vic is Vic is second overall in my model in thirty six twenty four in the last twelve rounds. So it's it's like he he checks out all the boxes of the things that I'm looking for. He does everything well. He's not out with in this field. He's not outside the top thirty five in anything that I'm looking at. And the one thing that he's down at like 35, whatever is driving distance, which again is not all that big of a deal to me like this week. So it's just, I, I know I can't, I, I got to play him, but it's just, he just, he it's like, he's can't put 
all four rounds together to, yeah. to, 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 to win. I don't know. Maybe he's just, maybe he's the guy you just keep cashing checks like every week, playing him top 20, top 10, and just, just play top tens and top twenties on him and just keep cashing over and over and over again and feel good about it. It just, when he does win, you're just going to feel like such an ass that you didn't have him, you know? He's it's like mini Tony Finau this year with Vic Hoffman. That's what he it, is. I know it really, you know, who's the number one in all three versions of my model, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you about him cause he's, he's showing up. He's not that high in my, in the model, but, um, but I'm curious if, if you, you look at that and you're going to take another shot in the outright market on him, or if you are going to just keep playing the derivatives on him. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is like, what is his win equity, right? Like, do I honestly right. think he, he w- can win against this field? I don't necessarily think that, but I think like, I think he's a super strong play for, for top 20 markets, for top 10 markets. And if there's any head to heads you can find with him out there, he's most likely going to be paired against a guy who d- is not playing as well as he is right now. Probably doesn't possess the skills that he has right now either. So like, I, I think that's another, I think Hoffman's another super strong play in head to heads as well. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. This might be a light week of, of outrights for me. Right. And I might literally just be picking kind of three or four, maybe five tops mid-range type guys playing those and really investing the bulk of my money into, you know, like we talk about these top 40, top 30, top 20, top 10 markets and head-to-heads and groupings and things because uh, I don't love a lot of these guys and the guys I do love, like, you know, look, I love Vic and I think Vic's awesome, but Vic doesn't win. He's at 18 to one, like those odds, like Corey Connors. I love Corey Connors. I was getting Corey Connors at 75 to one a month and a half ago. He's at 30, you know, right now he doesn't win either, you know? And so it's like, you're, you're not getting the odds on these guys that, that we liked a month, a month and a half ago that we'd really like. And the thing is, is there, it's not for a reason that we would like to see their odds plummet as like they had because they'd won a tournament or two. That's not what's going on. And so, yeah, you might find me more in this kind of mid range and, you know, a Hoff at 50. I don't know, you know, uh, a Keegan at 50, even though like, I don't think Keegan's, you know, win equity is all that high. A Burns at 50, like any of these guys, like in this 50 to 60 range, Ricky Fowler kind of put it together a little bit, uh, his last time out at the PGA. So maybe these little mid range guys is where I'm going to look this week and, and just, you know, play my studs and, and head to heads and, uh, and groupings. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, Tony Finau popped a little bit, but for me, and but I'm not going to bet him to win. I'm I'm going to bet him in the maybe a top five if I'm feeling saucy. But I mean, he's a top tw- top ten candidate, right? I mean, he's he's been a top ten machine, so I'm be looking for him. And then, you know, I'm going to take my shot on some on some long shots here. I know uh, our colleague Brett Colson likes Russell Henley this week. Uh, our contributor Fairway Jay likes him as well this week as as a bomb. Um, I found him at. A uh, hundred to one still out there. He's eighty to one in a lot of spots. So, um, yeah, I mean, if this is a week where I'm going to try and find a little bit more of a price in the outright market, and guys like Charlie Hoffman, Keegan Bradley, uh, Tony Finau, Vic Hovland, basically those four names that that keep showing up week in and week out, uh, it seems at the top of the models for us. You know, just try and find the best prices in in top ten markets, um, and like you said, you know, try and try and exploit some head to heads if they're out there. If you yeah, can find some of the guys near plus money, some of those mid range guys that I'll throw out there, and again, these will just be somewhere along in my player pool that are pretty high in my model that you can find long odds on. Um, uh, Emiliano Grio is is another guy that's out there, super long odds. Burns is in the top ten in my model that you can find in him at pretty long odds out there. Doug Gim is a guy that, you know, look, as far as as strokes gained approach over the last 36 rounds in this field, he's 11th overall. He's 7th in good drives. The really thing that has him not even competing uh, for one of the top spots in my model is his driving distance, which I didn't rank all that high, but he's way down at 85th in this field in driving distance. But I I don't feel like driving distance is something that is is necessarily something that I am, am waiting super heavily this week. So I'm not really worried about that. 
at all. Uh, so, you know, these are a couple of guys that I think you could have in your card. I mentioned Keegan again. I mean, you know, it's it's I like him way more in top 20 and top 10 markets, but I don't think I'm going to play a lot of shorter shots. So having a 50 to one, I think, is is OK for, for me with him. And uh, maybe even like a Matt Wallace is another guy that's kind of showing up for me as well. But, uh, you know, another guy that I think one day is going to just pop out of nowhere and win a tournament, but I, I probably won't have the ticket. Taylor Gooch always seems to be a guy that I, I value his skill set, and he, he tends to show up in the things that I'm looking at in these tournaments. Doesn't really win a ton, but, uh, another guy that I'll be keeping an eye on as well. But, uh, I, you know, a little bit of shorter card for me this week. And just, you know, as we really start to, to gear up for, for the U S open. I'll give you one more uh, long shot here, maybe a top twenty play. Um, Fairway J brought this up in our in our weekly golfers to watch piece on thelines.com. Uh, he mentioned Aaron Wise. Uh, it's a player who had the thirty six hole lead at another Jack Nicklaus course at the Honda Classic earlier this year in March. I uh, wound up finishing T thirteen, but um, top ten at the PGA Championship uh, despite a seventy nine in his second round. Uh, his tee to green and, and off the tee game has been top 25. So that's been pretty solid. And, um, you know, his putting has gotten a lot better. The, the PGA championship um, was his best strokes game putting in almost two years. So um, young guy he still hasn't even turned 25 yet, I think. And um, you can probably find a plus 450 out there for him to finish top 20 this week. Um, and if, if you really want to go for the outright and, and try for a, a long shot, he's a hundred to one in, in most places. Yeah. And I, I don't, I just, I don't want to disappoint people, you know, and, and I I'm typically real confident in, in, in golf picks, you know, but they did so much to this course and so much changed and, and I don't have any idea what to expect this week that I, you know, I'm going to take it in, I think a little bit more than I am uh, rolling out a ton of, of bankroll this week and, you know, enjoy it, enjoy it. And we'll see what these, you know, what the changes do to these guys. And maybe there's some in, uh, maybe there's some, uh, in-game opportunities as well. So I'll, uh, I'll be looking for that. And you and I can, you know, you and I can, can hit up the Twitter and hit up the, uh, the YouTube and things like that. If we find any in-game opportunities, um, as well, guys, a ton of the stuff that we talk about here, you can find us content over on the lines over on play picks. So be sure, go ahead, get over there, head to our YouTube channel as well. We're growing like wildfire over there, putting out a ton of good content. And, uh, of course everything's free there. So just, uh, hit that subscribe button. You'll get notified every time we post a video and, uh, be sure and take that and, um, you know, take all that information because we're putting out some real good stuff over there as well. Follow Steven on the Twitter machine at Steven Anders one. You can follow me at Matt Brown M two until next week for Steven. I'm Matt.